0: Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, the schedule was uh, was released today. Uh, I have the Lakers going eighty three and two, and beating Gonzaga in the final four. <laughs>
1: Bro, this is, like, the first little morsel that gets me excited for the next season. I mean, obviously, we're excited because of free agency and Anthony Davis and all of that. But this is the first, like, oh, it's coming, you know, planning, like, oh, should I go to this game? Should I, you know, travel out to this one? Should we have a get-together on this date? So it's kind of a – it's a little – oasis in the desert of of august so i'm i'm really stoked that it came out today and it's it's just cool to see the and and the first half of that schedule is i don't know i'm excited about the first 20 games i think
0: they can get off to a good start i'm i'm pretty pumped up i so i mean i i I poke fun and stuff and that's kind of the person i am I'm, i'm a sarcastic person at nature uh but this is the kind of schedule that you get excited about Like there are, the Lakers have an opening schedule that you can get off to a hot start with, and if there's ground to make up on the back half of the the schedule, the last 20 games or so, they can do that as well. Uh, That's there's, right. there's a lot. I remember last year, and and you, it's funny because you say you know it's an oasis in the desert that is August, and I agree because it's just information. It's it's new information that we get to process. We get to have a little bit of fun with. Last year wasn't so much fun because they released that schedule, and it was like it was a, it was a gut punch. Like you, you you it's like you walked up to that oasis and found out that 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 the lake or the, the little pond that you usually get to drink out of was filled with, like, elephant fecal matter. And, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> there's just, like, a bunch of poisonous snakes all over the place. You have to listen to Coach Dave Miller talk about basketball, like, the entirety of your time in that <laughs> oasis. So, like, uh, this, though, this was a legitimate oasis. There's there's stuff to be legitimately fond of and, and, and look forward to. So let's mm-hmm. start, though, with the first 20 games. Uh, that That's... Yeah. That's the part that ha- really has me kind of chomping at the bit. Do you say chomping or champing? I've seen a lot of people say champing. It's supposed to be champing. I think that's the yeah. you know where the word comes from, but yeah, it either works for me. I I I feel like it's a real douchey way to say it. Everybody says chomping. If you're saying champing, yeah. you're going out of your way to be like, "Oh, I'm actually smarter than you." All right, anywho, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Lakers open I try up-
1: not to correct I try not to correct people when I know what the hell they're trying to say. So yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's just it's well it's chomping and champing at the bit. Everybody goes chomping, right? So even if it's right, even if you're right, if you're correcting people on grammar that everybody else seems to think is right, that's how you sound like a that's how you sound like a douche. That's right. Um, all right. So the Lakers open up at the Clippers. Technically at the Clippers. I'm happy that it's at the Clippers because I feel like yeah. those those games like uh, when it's when it's a Lakers home game, those games are going to be just. Insanely pro Lakers, right? The the ratio there's going to be insane. But when it's I, when it's Lakers Clippers at the Clippers, I feel like there's a chance of it being like sixty forty.
1: Those are going to be the you know how you're talking about being excited about like high school rivalries yeah. and you know things like that. Exactly. Those are going to be the games way more than Lake. Laker home games will be because there will be I've already seen this and I got no time for these MFers man these people <laughs> who like joined in June or July of 2019 on Twitter who are like Clippers run Los Angeles come yeah. on like Clippers Twitter didn't exist Justin Russo and Joseph Raya Ward are the only two people who are allowed to talk any crap to me about the Clippers and the Lakers because they existed <laughs> before the freaking they yeah. signed Kawhi Leonard and traded for Paul George so like though like I, But there is going to be a contingent at those games, especially the Clipper home games, where – Laker haters, people who move to LA from other cities who don't like the Lakers or fans of other teams, they adopt Bill Simmons style. They adopt Clippers as their surrogate second team. But like there are like five people who are actually Clipper fans. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but those games, those games should be fun. Sorry, I'm I'm uh, no, I'm I, already I, worked up on this. See, this, this is the, I'm
0: I'm excited. This is where I enjoy the rivalry. Like the closer we get to it, it's actually gonna it's gonna start to feel like it. It even if it isn't a rivalry in like the classic sense where there aren't you know there aren't historical games with with actual stakes attached to them that the Lakers and Clippers have played like that that has never existed but it's really easy to like it's not a rivalry technically when you're growing up and your younger brother wants to play you in basketball all the time that's not a rivalry but you still want to beat the shit out of your brother you know like that's how that's how I kind of see this but anywho I agree completely that that's it's a fun game to open up with it kind of sucks somebody pointed out that Paul George might not be healthy for it uh so that's kind of a bummer, but it'll still be fun. The Lakers go from the Clippers game, they, they, they then face Utah, which is a tough one, uh, but they have a couple games to or a couple days between them. Then it goes Charlotte, Memphis, Dallas, San Antonio, Chicago, Miami, Toronto, Phoenix, Golden State. Uh, mm-hmm. Of those games, I think Golden State is the only one that I, I, that the Lakers might not be favored in, but even that one, I think they probably should be favored.
1: Yeah no it's it's a good i mean i think Lakers are probably going to drop a couple of games they shouldn't yeah. early on from a these are a bunch of new new pieces figuring out how to fit mm-hmm. together but that's what makes this early part of the schedule so important yeah, you they could drop them. a couple yeah they could drop a couple of those and be 15 and 5 or 14 and 6 right and just how a season starts really goes a long way towards setting the narrative, whether it's with the team or with the player every year. And this year will be no different. There's a guy who's going to come out gangbusters over the first month or two mm-hmm. and then regress to the mean over the last you know, three months of the season or four months of the season, but nobody's going to remember (laughs) if you, if you ball out between mid October and late November, early December, you are golden, man. Just, you don't even have to play like, unless you go, you play really crappy for the rest of the year. You could just, be eh for the rest of the time and it's gonna be they're gonna say you had a great year all the yeah. way through the same is true with teams right and so yep. the Lakers ability to drop a couple to figure things out but still be 14 and 6 15 and five maybe even better that first 20 games man they can like if they get hot if they start out hot that this could be a really great beginning to the season it gets tougher but that will provide a great foundation for the rest of the season if they can get off to
0: that start and unlike last year it's a lot more likely yeah last year the first like 20, 22 games of last Last year's season. What you want is, and and what we mean by, you know, you you can drop a couple winnable games in a stretch like this. Is so the Lakers last year, if I remember correctly, they opened up their first twenty games or so with like four winnable games that you really pointed to and you said, okay, yeah, those are those are wins. You got it. You got to win those ones, right? And. Uh, and what that meant was there was immense pressure on those games because you have to win those. If you think if you feel like you can in a stretch like that, you have to win those because that's how you break. You know, that's how you stop a, a losing streak going from three or four games going up to like eight or nine games. Right. Is that one game in between. And and fortunately for the Lakers here, and I'm going to keep going here. So after they play Golden State, they go Sacramento, Atlanta, Oklahoma City twice, Memphis, San Antonio, New Orleans, Washington, Dallas, and then they play Denver. So Dallas is their, their 20th game there. I count, so the Clippers, Utah, Golden State maybe, but even then, not really. Yeah, so the Clippers, Utah, it's two games that I don't think the Lakers are going to be the favorites in. Two. Yeah. Out of the yeah. first twenty. Mm-hmm. And what that means is you can drop a game to Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. You can lose mm-hmm. a game. They play Oklahoma City in a uh, in a in a home and home, right? If you lose at Oklahoma City, all right, it sucks. You would have preferred to win that game, but okay. You can you can you can bounce back from that because they have eighteen other Winnable games in that stretch. And that's really, really big. You know, who's pissed about uh, and and I'll make this the last point to make before we go to segment two when we talk a little bit about other aspects of the schedule. But uh, you know, who's pissed about the schedule? Who's that? Jason Kidd. He's livid. Oh, (laughs) he's livid. Yeah, it gives gives Vogel a little bit of a (laughs) head start for
1: sure, doesn't it? Good call on that. Good call.
0: He's livid. The (laughs) Lakers are going to start 14 and six. And he's like, but those six guys, those six were tough. We should not be losing to the Clippers without Paul George. Oh, man. Poor Jason. Not poor Jason. Screw that guy. (laughs) Um, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about other aspects of the schedule. And like I said, we're going to open up the mailbag here uh, in, in, you know, midway through segment two after we've kind of sussed out the rest of the schedule and and get to as many questions there as we possibly can, given how short yesterday's show was. So hang tight. We'll be back here in a bit. We talked about the opening of the schedule, the first 20 games of the schedule. A lot of winnable games, right? I want to take a look at the last half of the schedule here. And let me see, I should have it pulled up. There we go. No, I think I don't. Anywho, I believe it starts with the Clippers is as their is their 62nd game of the year. They go mm-hmm. at the Clippers. Brooklyn, Houston, Denver, Utah, Utah, Charlotte, Detroit, Toronto, Cleveland, Washington, Minnesota, Indiana, Sacramento, Oklahoma City, OKC, uh, sorry, uh, Chicago, Golden State, Minnesota, Sacramento, Phoenix. So in that stretch, Clippers will be fully healthy by that time. Uh, Denver, Houston, and Utah twice. Those are the only four games, right? Yeah, four games that I could see the Lakers not being favored in. And yeah. And, and there's, they go on a six game road trip there too. You got the Charlotte, Detroit, Toronto, Cleveland,
1: Washington, Minnesota stretches. That's a long road trip in Mm -hmm. today's NBA, but all of those teams like Detroit will probably be a borderline playoff team. Toronto, I think will still be solid. Right. But like, that's like, you can go four and two, five Mm -hmm. on one, five and one on a road trip like that. And that's really hard to do. But, and that should be around the time the Lakers
0: are, tuning things up right that's like they're getting the in, the into that make. playoff type of form yeah yeah when you're when you're getting ready for the playoffs this is where you want to be playing your best basketball of the year and when you're going up against teams like this now the counter is kind of well i would rather be playing a couple tougher games here in the mix later in the year because uh that's the type of team that you're going to be playing like it's great that you can show out against phoenix on the last game of the year right but it's well, like hopefully sitting
1: everyone hopefully sitting everyone the last game of the yeah. year because you're locked in yeah on, exactly you know, i bro i if i can speak with my heart not necessarily hopefully. my head right now i feel like it's i'm a little nervous talking about the playoffs like my head knows that you get <laughs> lebron and anthony davis like should be good right yeah. it just these last seven years have scarred me to the point where we're like do we really want to be talking about oh well they'll just be <laughs> up for the playoffs right like i, I don't know I've been we'll they'll be fighting for now. the
0: one or two seed p what are you talking about yeah, of course naturally right
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know man i just it, no man, i'm ju- right there ju- with you i can't believe you have you have officially been on this show too many times because i've taken yeah. away your i've taken away your, your doughy-eyed optimism about the lakers you're a cynic <laughs> now <laughs>
1: that's right i, I very powerful powers of, of persuasion. <laughs>
0: all right. You're, well, the good news is you're taking a you're taking a vacation here pretty pretty soon, so you right. get to come, you, back. come back. Be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna play this audio for you. You like you bastard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I so I, I I like that the Lakers can open up the year strong and they can finish the year strong. Now, usually you say, all right, well, where's the where's the tough stretch here, right? where's the where you know usually these things tend to even out but really because of the amount of parity that that is seen throughout the nba this year there isn't like a singular tough stretch in my opinion there there are you know it's not like you have a month what was i think it was like Last February, right? February last year was just unbelievable. It was <laughs> there, there was a stretch. There was a stretch in December. There you too. go. There you go. because like
1: yeah. fe- February was like that. Had the Anthony Davis trade stuff where it's not that's so much I'm schedule. Thinking. It was just yeah. you know. But you, you had this like mid to late December through early January, and mm-hmm. then you know LeBron was, gets hurt in that yeah. and that that compound compounds some issues. But yeah, looking at the schedule, like you know you're gonna have a so the the toughest. You got a three-game and four-night stretch at Denver, at Utah, at Portland. Mm-hmm. That's a tough stretch. You go one and two in that, and you walk away from it if you can. Yeah. Uh, but there aren't a lot of portions where it's just like, damn. Man. And, and speaking to that point about parity, there are also probably more teams on the low end that can sneak up and bite you, right? Mm-hmm. Like on a on a random Thursday, you get a team that's eventually a 33-win team, right? But that's not— it's not a seventeen win team, right? Like there yeah. aren't a lot of teams, especially in the West. You've only got Phoenix that really qualifies as those. Just you can mail it in. You should be able to be fine. And with the Lakers, who freaking knows? We even lost those games yeah. last year to Cleveland and Phoenix and New York and
0: things like that. Yeah, the the we'll wrap up here. The big factors that, that I think everybody should be paying really close attention to with the schedule now out, we've already gone over the way that the Lakers' uh, schedule breaks for them, opening and closing. But I cannot, I cannot possibly exaggerate the importance of this enough. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to be more rested than any, just about any NBA superstar in the in next year and definitely more rested, rested than they've ever been since they've really probably started playing basketball competitively, right? At least since they've gotten into the NBA. So if the Lakers can can take full advantage of that opening schedule and they can go sixteen and four, you know, fifteen and five, and they can open up like that, that's that's how you you, you, you hit the, the ground running on a season like this where seating might matter a little bit. And it's not that it's not that I, I I need LeBron James it's not that LeBron James need to be playing at home, right? Or the Lakers need to be playing at home. But if you can get an extra road game or if you can get an extra home game in a playoff series against a team like Utah, against a team like Denver Right against the team, the, the that Clippers Lakers matchup. If you can make the the Staples Center rock one extra night there, where it isn't that high school type of setting, like that's where stuff like that can can really kind of matter. And quite frankly, and I've been hesitant to to, to use you know full hyperbole here, but quite frankly. This is the perfect schedule for the Lakers.
1: It, it really is, man. With the mileage, too, going yeah. from the third most miles yeah. in the league to Great the 23rd point. most, um, just – I yeah, I couldn't be happier. Around this time last year, I was like, oh, I'll just get through the first 11 yeah. games. I remember saying that yeah. over and over again. Let's, you know, try and get out. But really, yeah, maybe like – six and five. Maybe five it, and six. Yeah. If – like if if a Laker fan made that schedule, like I would believe you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you said, "All right, Pete, you got to sit down and write the Lakers schedule." Yeah, we trust that you're going to be totally unbiased, right? And and I'll be, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Like that would be pretty close to the
0: schedule I would come up with for the Lakers. I I completely agree. So good stuff. It's nice to take. It's nice to take a W in mid-August. I can't. It lie. is.
1: It is. A, a, a rare one, man. Yeah. I know. I'm feeling good, baby. I'm Me feeling too. good.
0: Me too. This is exciting. So let's uh let's let's keep this thing rolling. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk uh, whatever you guys wanna talk about. We're gonna open up the mailbag here for kind of a part two. Not really a part two, but, but we'll open up these mailbags, get to this question. I wanna start with the one uh, that that I told you I promised you guys we would start with uh, Pete, they, people want to know how we got to this point in our, our careers and how we like how we started like where, where, where this stuff started. I gave, I gave my blow by blow kind of process of getting here and, and, and offered up a tip. but I'm, I'm sure people want to hear from you on this subject too so that's what we'll start next segment. I'm always a little hesitant to I never want to say that I've quote unquote made it in this industry, right? It's nice that I don't have to have another job, right? That's mm-hmm. that that to me is is like the first step here. But we're just getting started. Right, that's <laughs> this, right. Hell yeah, this, I, I, the complacency is never going to set in. So I'm always a little hesitant when people say, like, "How did you? How did you make it? How did you get here?" Uh, for for one thing, here is a moving target. Here is somewhere that I want to continue to moving to to continue in an upward trajectory. But mm-hmm. with that as the kind of disclaimer, Pete, why don't you why don't you uh, tell Pete? So the the, the question was. What were you doing before this? How did you make the decision to get into this? And how did you get to where you are now?
1: So before I was doing LFR and I was doing both of these simultaneously for a period of time, I had helped my ex-girlfriend. We were together at the time, uh, open up a psychological practice. And mm-hmm. it did really well. We've got, uh, I still say we when talking about it. It's got three, maybe four locations. I don't, I'm not sure if she added one since I left. But, uh, you know, her job was to see the clients, and my job was to do everything else. Mm-hmm. And that was really valuable. And a lot of those skills, you know, from starting a small business are very applicable to what I'm doing with LFR. And so, you know, website design, uh, marketing, accounting, Scheduling, all, every aspect of it. She saw the, the patients. I did everything else. So, um, I but I missed. I had left coaching high school ball and AAU to start that business with her. I knew that I wouldn't have time to still coach, and I it, it was fun starting a business, but it was also uh, I really missed basketball. So I had always wanted. You know, Toni Morrison passed away in the last week, great novelist, and she said, uh, I'm paraphrasing and probably butchering it, but, you know, write the book that you want to read, and with my stuff – I just started like, hey, I wanted this type of content that really zoomed in close on the details, because I didn't feel like there was a market, like there was nobody for me as a fan that, where I would be like, I have to watch their stuff, I have to listen to this, because it was so basketball intensive. There are people that I listen to that I think are very smart, that, I, you know, I'd read their columns, but it wouldn't, wouldn't zoom in to the level of specificity that I learned while coaching, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to look at the Lakers through that lens, lens, I'd be been basically doing what i do with lfr with coaching high school ball to the whatever extent that i could but it's very different like what does it look like when it's the very best and so for me it was always and it still is just a love of the content and a love of the lakers and wanting to produce the best content that i could but Never thinking that it was for somebody else, right? And I was like, oh, I'll start this thing called, you know, I'll call it Laker Film Room. And this was just me, my way to geek out and scratch the itch of basketball that I've been missing. And, you know, I tweeted it at Harrison and I tweeted it at Ben Rosales, and people seemed to really like it. And it took off very quickly. So it went from this, like, bro, I was just like a you know, just a dude working a regular job for most of my life. And then all of a sudden I've got this thing yeah. that people like, right? And yeah. eventually in uh, late 2017, I worked my last day. So my my girlfriend and I split up and we worked together running that business for about a year mm-hmm. after we split up. And um, so I was able to leave that in late 2017 to just do LFR. I promised myself, like, as soon as you're able to just pay your basic bills off of this, I'm going to invest all of the time that I can in it. And that's how I got here. And and I still am in the process of figuring out what the hell all of it means. And I'm (laughs) riding the hell out of this wave the best I can. But I've also come to the point where it's like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I love. I feel great because there isn't any dissonance with how I spend my time and how I spend my time is more important to me than money. So like, what you see with me is pretty much who i
0: am you know this i'm like <laughs> this is the dude i am right and, it, he cannot possibly of everything that you've ever said on the show that is the truest thing you have ever said
1: and and i think that i think people pick up on that
0: right yeah. like i think that people
1: know that i this is who i am right and and it's really Amazing and flabbergasting. People give a crap, (laughs) you know. Like people actually want to listen to who I actually am. But it also makes me very happy, right, to be able to just be myself and be able to make a living off of this thing that I was into my whole life. Like, you know, I told the story last time about waking, you know, staying up so that the newspaper would be delivered in in my driveway in the morning. They're just. That's been who I am. I remember I would clip out the box scores and I saved, had them saved in this little like, paper clip from the LA Times yeah. from like all of the games. This is just who I am, and it's just so cool to be able to do it. Thank you for letting me rant on that for a while because it's just a, a joy that I uh, haven't been able to totally share in this way. So thank you.
0: Yeah, well, I, I the thing that I think my least favorite person – in this industry and it's not like a a a singular person, singular individual. I'm not going to name any names Brian Winhorst, but I cannot stand the person who like who who acts like they carry this crazy burden in doing what we get to do. Mm-hmm. We're so effing blessed. Like it's it, it's it's and, and the idea that, you know, if if I were to walk away from Lockdown Lakers right now, there would be A hundred people willing to, to throw their hat in the ring and want to do this, right? Mm -hmm. And, and as such, like, it makes, it forces you to stay hungry. That's why I say, like, I don't like saying I made it because I don't want to be complacent and I think this thing can continue to grow. But also, like, It forces you to say, like, yeah, I am super blessed, and I want to take full advantage of this. Otherwise, the person, there, you know, if 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 I'm if I'm just some kid who's trying to break into this industry, and I listen to a show in which I say, oh man, it's just so tough to do. It's this crazy burden. It's it's getting to be too much. I'd be like, fine, walk away. Give me that shot. I would Mm -hmm. love it. You know, and and that to me, I hope that always comes across in your and my coverage is that, yeah, we are passionate about this because we love it and because we recognize what a blessing it is to be able to do all this.
1: That's right. And – if anybody's trying to get into this, like this is a this is a gold rush in my yeah. opinion, right? Like the gate pe- the gatekeepers that would prevent people like you and me from doing this are falling by the wayside, or we're able to do it ourselves. Yeah, it used to be a world where you'd have to hope and pray that you'd get you'd meet the right person and yeah. that, like the right. And I, I'm lucky that I never had to really go through that. I just kind of accidentally <laughs> happened into this. But a lot of people go many years yeah. doing that. And if if you're somebody listening to this. Show who's interested in, hey, I'd love to do to cover the Lakers or cover the NBA. The best advice I could give is fall in love with the content, mm-hmm. fall in love with the sport. The only thing that any of us have that's unique is how the game of basketball or how the Lakers reflect off of the p- person that we are. So if you're able to communicate that to the rest of the world, like I'm not right about all of the things that I say, far from it, but. What you get is the reflection of basketball and the Lakers off of me, and I'm the only person who can provide that. The same thing happens with you. You're the only person who can provide provide that. If what's motivating you are the followers on on social media or or, or the money, things like that, your it will come out in the content that you yeah. produce. So you have to have a genuine like, I really like what I'm making for myself. And then you will find your people. You will find your tribe in doing that. But if you start out with the idea of, oh, I, I, I want to get you know, 10,000 Twitter followers or any of that other stuff, you are going to be a lot less distinguishable from
0: anybody else. And yeah. that makes it a lot harder to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, my advice was just find a niche that isn't being covered. So to kind of add to the point you're making there, it was basically, you know, find, find content that you would enjoy reading or listening to or watching. Um, and, and if that content isn't out there somewhere, you just found a niche. That's it. Mm-hmm. You found your corner. Now, now work your ass off on that corner. Now, just this is night and day on that corner. This is
1: to me, this is a burgeoning art scene, right? Like if somebody wanted to come up with a with like a comic book based on the Lakers, that would be hugely popular if they believed in it, if they loved it, if they had the skill set to do it right there. Music, there are all sorts of ways to do this where like our imagination has been almost stifled by the the idea of like, oh, well, it's newspaper writers, it's beat reporters. That is the way to cover basketball says who? (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Right. So so be unique. Be Chase what yes. you believe in and find a way to cover that. Cover the Lakers or the NBA with that. And work your actual ass off.
0: Like I, yes. I had an ass at one point. Captain America didn't have the claim to America's ass. It was it was behind me. And then I don't have it anymore. Sorry, Jen. Um, uh, next question here comes from Hooli underscore zero this is specifically for you Pete Uh, do you remember uh, having any weird dreams or hallucinations while you were under so while I was under, I was totally
1: out. But when I came out of it, I hallucinated for about four, I didn't sleep for about four straight days because uh, like, so I was conscious and they weren't dreams because I remembered them in a, like I was awake the whole time, but I had like, who's the weirdest thing, man. It was this combination. I think I told you this about the, in the hospital. In fact, um, it was a combination of like, Everybody I've known in my life and all of the places that I've been and all of the things I've been interested in. So, like, I'm not much of a gamer, but when I do, I like games like Sid Meier's Civilization or... Uh, other game you know, command, and conquer, command and conquer strategy type yeah. games right and so like there was one where like there were like purple and gold tanks cr- like traversing this landscape to you know go conquer a city or something like that right but all of it it would always have purples golds and blacks and white but just the lakers color scheme dominated huh. all of it uh the the most vivid laker one was brandon ingram in a game of thrones battle scene he was part of how Star so his tall, long arms, right? He's covered yeah. in the, the furs and whatnot from the, the north and whatnot. <laughs> they kept slipping like, off. Right. <laughs> and he's wielding this, like, you know, majestic sword and whatnot. Yeah, yeah man. It was, I, yeah, I, I was tripping out for about four days, man. I didn't sleep just hallucinating every time I
0: closed my eyes. And, yeah, a lot of Lakers stuff. That's 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 cool. It's, it's, it's so weird how the, the mind works. It's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest, weirdest thing. Uh, next question here comes from from New York, but love the Lakers. Can, there were some questions in between here uh, that we have answered on previous pods, and I wanted to get to this one. I don't think we've really talked on this one specifically. Uh, you and Harrison might have uh, because it's about Kuzma. And you guys did the preview, which I still haven't listened to, just because I don't want to be angry. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like the overhyping of Kuzma. Anywho, from New York, but love the Lakers. Writes, congrats on the baby, Anthony. Thank you. My wife is. Pr- and con- doing in uh, December. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, my question is How good does Kyle Kuzma have to be for the Lakers to win a championship? And can the Lakers still win a championship with him being average? Is he better coming off the bench? And what position do you see him excelling at more? Really good question. Yes, the Lakers
1: can win a championship with Kuzma being average, but he has to be average in the right way. Yeah. Right? If Kuzma is like, if he has an off year as a scorer, but takes a leap forward on the defensive end Mm -hmm. and as a a better passer, which is a skill set that he's flashed, that I think he, you know, if he taps into that more and more can be a a real asset. Uh, If he's a more well-rounded
0: player, but he's average, yes, I do think the Lakers can win a title. Yeah, I— I had so again it's we're in the time of year and and we're I'm in the industry especially as aggregating where you have to read over these quotes and analyze each each quote for for the writing one of the quotes that he offered up that I was a little dubious of I was a little iffy on was when he said that you know so first he started out saying he was focused on on shooting right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and then he said – but he's, he's, he's added some moves that he's, he can't wait to implement too. And I'm like – I mean unless those moves are just attacking closeouts, I'm a little – I'm, I'm concerned about like the allocation of resources. That is time. The resource that is time on what you're, what you're focused on to be a better player for the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. Now, because look, these two things – Exist And they don't always coincide where a player is focused on becoming a better player, but not necessarily a better Laker or a better Clipper Mm -hmm. or a better Mm -hmm. whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, And, and if Kyle Kuzma is going out there and focusing too much on isolation, heavy moves and how, how am I going to break down a defender with multiple, you know, with four or five dribbles? Like that's not, that's not something that would be a good allocation of time, right? That's not, that's not something I would want him to focus on. So, I agree that he can be average. Honestly, I I'd be happy with average. You mm-hmm. know, like if he's an average three and D player, that's a hugely valuable player for the Lakers. That would be great. Mm-hmm. I would be mm-hmm. thrilled. Um but if he's if he's average but only because like his his scoring averages are are league average and and maybe slightly better than league average, but his defense still isn't quite league average. And he isn't he's just kind of a player who you throw in there and isn't really a difference maker one way or the other. I I think the Lakers can still win a championship, but that would certainly be a disappointment for Kyle Kuzma, given how much he's hyped himself up. Right, all that talk of like, and not everybody knows what it takes to be a Laker. And I'm like, all right, come on, Kyle, come on. Yeah. <laughs> in that episode that uh, where you were out. That was
1: one thing that Harrison and I discussed is I think there's a good chance that Cusco gets off to a slow start. Now, the schedule certainly helps, but uh, he's going to have to find his way in a way where he was – 2A or 2B alongside Brandon Ingram as a scorer. And now he's clearly the third option at best, Mm -hmm. probably coming off of the bench, maybe the fourth option in some lineups that have LeBron, AD, and Boogie out there. Although, and and that's the thing, is that if if those are the Lakers' three best players, remains to be seen with Boogie, like, where do you play Kuzma, right? Does he play the two? Or, you know, so there are going to be some significant role changes for Kyle Kuzma that if history is a teacher, he's probably going to take some time to for him to adjust to. And if, if his head is in the space to where, like, I really want to fit in and be the best player I can for this team, that shouldn't be a problem. Most of his quotes are like, hey, I'm going to get my game off regardless, right? And what yeah. is his game? His game has a score. And there's nothing wrong with that. You need to put the ball in the hoop. But like you said— the Lakers are going to need guys like Kuz and, you know, Danny Green already knows how to do this. Most of the other role player players are capable of doing this, but that's because they're a little bit older yeah. and a little bit more established in the league. If Kuz is coming off of the bench, hey, maybe that is what we need from him is for him to be yeah. just our bucket eater off of the bench. That's probably the best intersection between how Kuz sees himself and what the Lakers need. Yeah. But in other circumstances, especially in those close game with five minutes left, What he is is really going to be determined by his
0: ability to fit in alongside the best players on the team. Uh, Absolutely. One of the things that – one of my takes in general that seemed to piss off people the most, just every time I offer it up, people seem to get the most angry, is that I'm of the mind that the sooner an NBA player – like unless they are an actual superstar – and you kind of know these things early on. Right. You have like a year or two. And if you don't, if you don't show that you're an actual superstar, then it's time to, in my opinion, start finding ways for you to be a net positive NBA player. Mm -hmm. What's the best role that I can find? How can I get the best at filling that role and, and go from there? And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, well, uh, how, who are you to write off a player? And it's like, I I don't, I'm not, it's not like I'm telling, <laughs> I'm in any of these players' ears specifically and telling them not to work on things, right? It's not, I don't have that kind of, a, uh, kind of sway whatsoever. But I do know that if you're looking for the best way to have a nice, long, fruitful career, look at Carmelo Anthony and look at Vince Carter, right? Vince Carter figured out, as his athleticism started waning a little bit, as, as the game started changing a little bit and becoming, became more of a three-point heavy league, he looked around and he said, all right, what, what type of a player do I have to be to stick around and, and continue to have teams want me to be around, right? And Melo went the opposite direction. He said, screw all of you. I'm still a superstar. Well, Melo got turned down by Team USA. While they're having like Landry Shamit tell them that, that I'm out, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like that's not and and you know there are other things involved there with with Carmelo Anthony as, as as there always tend to be with with situations like this. But you know if I'm Kyle Kuzma, if I'm advising Kyle Kuzma, I say all right. You, had, you have this offseason. If you really want to see if you can be you, – you know, there's a lot of talk of can Kyle Kuzma be the Lakers' third superstar. I don't think so. <laughs> I think if Kyle Kuzma is the Lakers' third superstar, the Lakers are in deep trouble. But if it, 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 there's a lot of that talk out there. And if I'm advising mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm allowed to be 100% unbiased and absolutely honest, I tell him, you had this offseason to become that player. If you want mm-hmm. that player – You got to find a role, man. You got to find a role and you got to fit in. And I think that's where the opening of the season is really going to indicate pretty quickly is Kuzma that player? If not, he's got to find a role and fit in. I'm willing to give him a little more time. I think that there's a
1: a real good chance he's going to come out wanting to score 22 a game. And, And good on him, right? But if. If he's not contributing in other areas, that's going to be harmful to the team. Yeah. But I, I'm i willing to give him some time to transition from a role that he's played before mm-hmm. to something that is more fitting to this actual
0: roster in, and in terms of their championship goals. Uh, when you say give him more time, like give him more time to show that he's a superstar or give him more time to find a way to fit in? That's I, what I'm going to
1: give him. I'm going to give him more time to fit in, right? Yeah, Meaning I mean. that I, yeah. I, I, okay, yeah. So, so like you know, by December I want him to have, or maybe January to have figured out, like, hey, this is my place on this team. This exactly. is how I can help help the best. Mm-hmm. But in October and November, I expect there there's going to be some bumpy roads. And if there's not great, but my expectations are low in those first month, month and a half of the season.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I'm saying we'll know pretty quickly whether or not Kuzma is the Lakers' third superstar. Got it. I'm I not going to give him very much leash in that respect, right? I'm not going to sit around and wait for that kind of transformation to take place. I, the sooner he realizes and finds a role that is better for the team, the better for everybody involved. Him him too. Like being an important – just ask any number of role players throughout NBA history. You can make a nice career for yourself being a valuable role player. Robert Ory, Rick Fox, uh, Derek Fisher – you just go on down the line uh, these guys who show that they play important roles like it's not like that now do they make less money than the super duper stars duh but they have nice long careers where you make tens and and, and, and given the way that the late the, the league is going and maybe even hundreds of millions of dollars uh, having a nice long 12 13 year career where you played important roles on winning teams that's it
1: and, and and look. Kuz's ability to score is always going to be the central component of his game. For me, it's just a matter of like, just become average at the other elements of the game. Don't, don't, be the guy for the rest of your career where when your team's switching in the final five minutes of the game you're the matchup that they hunt right like i'm not expecting kuz to be stylistically like rick fox or a robert ory or someone like that right he's always going to be a bucket getter at heart Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of are you able to fill those roles and do the little things on top of that and then right
0: there you got yourself a very good player yep Absolutely. We'll go one more question here because I got to get back to the hospital. Uh, Money Mike H. writes, what's up, man? Uh, So this whole time uh, Harrison and Pete were covering for you, I was just waiting for Harrison to say, have a great day. Make somebody else's. That would have had me dying. It would have been funny. Uh, It would have also been funny if ratings just shot through the roof with Pete and Harrison recording instead of you. (laughs) Is that a question? They did not. They did not. (laughs) It's August. Come on. (laughs) David, just 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 quick reminder: they did not do that. Uh, just just figured I'd, I'd point that out. Sorry, Harrison. Um, no, it is August. That's so unfair. <laughs> the question is: how well would the triangle offense work with the current Lakers roster in the current year of 2019? <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. I want to give a general thing. So there's there's. I think people go too far in the direction of the triangle offense flat out cannot work in the modern NBA. Okay. And I agree that isn't it it is antiquated as a system. I completely agree. But I don't know if like a singular system really works in the modern NBA. You have to be flexible. You have to be able to 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 offer up multiple looks because coaching is just too good defensive coaching is just too good in the nBA especially come playoff time like if if you only have one way for you to score, a good coach is going to take that that one way away right mm-hmm. so do I think a team can run the triangle offense and be successful in in the modern nBA hell no but i don't I, and and would that system be less successful as a singular system than than other systems out there probably like it would it probably be less efficient because it, it is literally less efficient it it goes after different shots but like the one aspect of the triangle offense that i think this lakers team could really benefit from and really utilize a ton is the idea of having lebron at like the 4 and give him the ball a ton at the pinch post and then just spread mm-hmm. out the, the spread out the the offense and the machinations of that system from that point forward. What do you think? I I generally agree. I am not I am not much of a triangle proponent.
1: And, uh, especially in the modern NBA. So a lot of triangle sets are initiated from, from the wing or from the corner, right? Like that's the basic triangle setup. And the, the alternate name for the triangle offense was the triple post offense, right? Mm -hmm. This is somewhere where you were looking to trigger and run your offense through the post. Now the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Marcus cousins, all having different degrees of passing ability from great to good, then I think that, you know, this team would be more like it would work better for the Lakers than yeah. it would for somebody else mm-hmm. but the spacing is still prohibitive yeah. on that that's why it doesn't work in the modern NBA a lot of times you'd have on that strong side your guy in the low post one guy in the corner the guy the initiation pass coming from the wing you could do all sorts of things pass it to the corner cut off of the screen by the big there are all sorts of actions you can run but then on the weak side in the triangle you've got somebody on the pinch post and then on the weak side wing or, or corner normally depending on how you want to yeah. protect you might, might have a guy up top and then a guy on the pinch post as well but there are elements this is this is something that when people argue in favor of the triangle offense that kind of rubs me the wrong way is they'll say well there are elements of the triangle offense in the all over the nba well you you have to argue like certain things like split cuts belong to the triangle offense right like split cuts were involved in a lot of different offenses you could you could run it out of princeton you could run it out of ucla you have to say that these specific elements came from the triangle in ways that just aren't entirely true. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like it's difficult to articulate this in in audio form rather than having video examples to show this. The Lakers would be better than most teams. But no, there's a reason why the triangle offense was phased out of the NBA.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that part is inarguable because it literally happened. Right I, <laughs> I, I, I would be I'd be remiss I'd sound like a moron if I went out here and, and I said that no, I'm just the, the triangle is just waiting and wait lying in wait waiting for its opportunity to shine once more. Um, and then Kurt Rambus would hire me um, but but you know for for the sake of this question and for the sake of this current roster, there are aspects of it that I would that I would like to use, but like you said, there are aspects like is that is that a triangle specific? Aspect is that a triangle specific element? Debatable. Um, right. Let's end, let's end on a fun one. All right. So the next one here comes from uh, Yusuf Syed 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 maybe, uh, and they yeah. are writing. Uh, what take What take have you received the most criticism for? Which one are you proudest of? Meaning you were right uh, for Anthony Harrison and Pete and or Pete. Uh, congratulations on the baby. Thank you. Hope everyone is is in good health. Fingers crossed. So, let's go. Uh, I'll start. I because I can I can already remember the one that the people got the angriest at me for. I said that Ronnie Price would lock up Jerry West one on one. Oh wow! Yeah. Hmm. But it's just like it's 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 just like saying like the worst iPhone would run circles around like the best first version of the cell phone ever.
1: Uh, it's not totally like saying that. I mean, like close. the the human body it comes from that, that family. It it does it does West would be hitting one dribble pull ups on Ronnie Price all day in my in my opinion but uh, <laughs> I uh, people who who really 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 were into Brandon Ingram mm-hmm. didn't love me so much yeah. right like I, I he's just not a like he's just the the style of play. I, I think can be conducive to his individual numbers in in some instances. Uh, and I like he did flash, man. He flashed some stuff, yeah. especially in that second season and or in the, in this third, in his third season, this past season. And amidst, he showed me a lot. Of like how he played when things weren't going well for the team, I thought was really admirable. And he was a guy like uh, you know you can see that's the hardest thing to evaluate when looking at guys in the draft. And usually when I'm wrong about a guy, it's because like this is a dude that just goes as hard as humanly possible, and that they're able to to progress in a way where like it's difficult to evaluate a player's work ethic. Yeah. And Brandon Ingram it really has that in in spades, right? Like that's something that he's he's really. Hard worker and he has a lot of self belief and he just he's he's mentally tough in a way that yeah. I really grew to respect his game, but that was always you know i'd have ingram if if Ingram would have a good game you know i'd have <laughs> ingram Ingram stands in my mentions uh let let me hear about it i still like he's he's a good player I think he's going to be a good player in the league i just don't think that his style of play is particularly conducive to uh to
0: being on a championship team I wish Ingram was drafted like Ninth or tenth, and not second. Mm-hmm. Because that would allow him the ability to, to kind of develop. Like, once you're drafted second, there's an idea that you now have to carry a certain burden of the offense. You have to do certain things. There are certain goals that a second overall pick is expected to to be able to do that a seventh or a tenth or whatever pick overall wouldn't have to do. And 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 you know, for Ingram, I think he would have been better served being brought along like Kawhi. Like I said this, there's this a pot actually with David and he he disagreed mm-hmm. with me at the time. That I said that the Lakers need to follow the same path with developing Brandon Ingram that that the San Antonio Spurs took with Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Was just like mm-hmm. go hit like focus on defense and hit corner three pointers. When guys start closing out on you hard from that corner, you have one dribble. If you, Once you level, once you hammer home what you're able to do off that one dribble, you get to take a second dribble, and you get to be brought along on that path.
1: Well, that's the thing is if, if you get guys closing out hard on Ingram, like the job's done, he's great at attacking and yeah. He's got, that's a great opportunity for him to use all of that length. So yeah, I totally, I, I, that was a point that I made several times as well about the Kawhi Leonard type of path and he's still going to be a, a very good player. I just think that he's too, like, I think the ball sticks with him yeah. in a way that like, if the ball's going to stick with you like that, you got to be really high end yeah. type of scorer. I'm, I'm a little skeptical that he will get to that point, but we'll see. How, how about the one you're proudest of? what's a, What's one on that, Ed?
0: Well, I think I was one of the first people who said, like, I don't think Magic is going to be very good at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know? you were the
1: loudest early critic of yeah. of that. I think even like I was skeptical of him, but it was like, hey, this is, you know an upgrade yeah. you were definitely the the
0: loudest voice on that, on and, that. and it's not I, I don't like saying proud because i was hoping to be wrong you know like every time i criticize i hope i'm wrong you know like sure when i say what i said about kuzma a second ago like a, just a little bit ago i hope to be wrong i hope he proves me wrong but you know with magic he didn't i i had a feeling just like you know looking at looking at other prior business ventures that magic couldn't just throw money at his Showtime, his his, his uh, late show that was a disaster. His coaching stint that was a disaster. Like everything that has taken him committing fully and actually showing an ability at that, uh, oh. he has not been uh, other than basketball, obviously. Like basketball, like he was he was incredible at, and that took incredible work ethic and all of that. And, and I thought I didn't I didn't see that same type of commitment here, and I and it made me nervous. That he was so great as a basketball player that he wouldn't allow outside input the way that he Mm -hmm. had to in order to be successful in this. And, and, you know, we saw how that ended. What was your – what are you most proud of? Uh there are two of them, both lefty point guards
1: that I stand for for the yeah. Lakers, right? The first one, I, I was twelve years old watching the nineteen ninety three NBA draft, thinking I'm like this Nick Van Exel guy. Yeah, he, they went on Nick a final Nick. four run at Cincinnati, and I was like, that dude is a lottery pick, right? Yeah. And he fell and he fell, and I remember with the thirty sixth pick, the the Lakers had the thirty seventh pick with the thirty sixth pick. So that was one of those things. You know how when you're watching a draft and a guy that you really want, you're like, please just fall yeah. like the 10 picks before you're just freaking dying, right? Because yeah. you want your guy to fall. And the Denver Nuggets selected Darnell me with the 36 pick. And I was just like losing it. And then I was like, please, please, Jerry, please, please just take, oh, you please take Jerry, my you guy. Right. Too. Yeah. And, 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 and he did. And yeah. I just lost it. And then it turned out Van Exel was a very good player, yeah. an all-star caliber type of guy. And then D'Angelo, right? Like yeah. D'Angelo had skills all along. Right. And he was a guy that I felt, I always felt a. I felt he was kind of unfairly persecuted in some way. Like he yes. was, yeah, a lot of people not like him from jump because he wasn't Jaleel Okafor, mm-hmm. and like I just remember the first summer league games and and all of that. People just they just decided I don't like this guy. His personality goes into that too, right? Yeah. But seeing him develop it has been bittersweet because. I knew that dude it didn't could hoop with the Lakers, <laughs> and it just didn't happen with the Lakers. And yeah. that would have been fun to watch. But yeah. yeah, those are those are probably my two.
0: Russell Russell was another one that 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 I was I I still stand for. I I still De'Aaron Fox. Oddly enough, I I thought De'Aaron Fox was going to be really good. I I thought he was going to be I thought he was going to be a bust. He's way
1: better than I thought he was, yeah. he was going to be. The one thing I will say about Fox is that so he's got elite like fastest player in the NBA type of speed. Yeah, and so his to me there is a startling discrepancy between his production in full court versus his production in the half court. His other talent is that he plays like it's game seven of the NBA finals. (laughs) Every single time he steps on a basketball court, that's going to take him a long way. But I think, I still think there's a bit of fool's gold there with Fox in that. Like he, like I respect the hell out of him. He's better than I thought he was going to be. I don't think that's going to be a guy that's going to be playing in the highest moments of basketball and being a producer when everybody else has stepped it up to that level of intensity.
0: Yeah. I think, I think with with him, he's, he kind of has, He kind of has a timer on him. You know, there's like there's an hourglass running on him and he has to figure out certain things before that hourglass runs out. in terms of losing some of that yeah losing some of that speed uh you know getting into a situation where you aren't playing harder than everybody else out there like he has to figure Mm -hmm. out certain aspects of the game in order to to take that next step forward before that hourglass runs out Uh, but i I did think that he he took
1: a he took a huge leap last year yeah
0: i I did think i i with him the question was shooting entering the nba uh he was a he was a pretty bad shooter in college mm-hmm. um, his shot though to me wasn't one that I thought would never work out you know I mm-hmm. I, I actually liked the release on, on some of his stuff um, and, and yeah it's been fun to watch him so far This was a longer show, uh, and it's just because yesterday's show was about 20 minutes long because I had to run out of there. But uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for the questions. There's still a ton to go, uh, so we'll probably come back to that. We still have player and team previews, contender previews that we'll get to as well. So uh, for now, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sorry, Harrison, you don't get my job.